a very special guest in the office today. Office, studio, whatever you want to call this thing. He's got a very special topic to talk about. I don't even know the topic. He just came up with Nobody knows the topic but me. But we have Tom Rashish, and you're going to hear a fourth voice that you're not used to hearing. He's been on here a couple times. He is a photographer, videographer, videographer, 3D animation, 4D animation, graphic designer, website designer, artist, artist, yeah, hand drawn artist, father, former skier. He's got a body like he ran a marathon ten years ago. It's Tom. funny you went there. I was just going to say, one hell of a hiker. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom can come right off the, the couch and do a hike anywhere, do anything. Amazing. His calves are the size calves of basketballs. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate that, guys. How do you we say, didn't say your last you were, name? We didn't say you were good at any of it. No. That's just yeah, what you no. are. Is it <laughs> Rashashin? Is that pronounced correctly? Yeah. Yeah. It what sounds is, very weird when Siri says your name, just so you know that. Oh, yeah. What, what is that? It's uh, It's Russian. Oh, well, Mother Russia. Okay, get out. The yeah, iron curtain. How terrible the do you feel right curtain. now killing all these Ukrainians? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get drafted? Oh, man. Yeah, it looks... I'm sure I have family uh, trying to escape Russia at the moment. Do you know the uh, biggest search right now on in, like, Russian search engines? What? How to break wrist. How, how to break your own wrist so they can dodge the draft and, like, not go. They're, like... Oh, I heard about that. actively yeah. searching... Where did you hear this from? QAnon on on on. I was going to say, uh, where do you come up with that? <laughs> it Very was credible on, it source. Was, it was on the intergalactic web. Yeah. I, that, that makes sense, though. But they, they're actively searching about how to break arms and stuff so they don't get drafted, or they're fleeing into what? Poland? Is it? Uh, Georgia. Finland? Georgia. Kyrgyzstan or Kyrgyzstan, I, one something. of the yeah, weird Uzbekistan. countries. Uzbekistan? Who was like, I guess, friendly with Russia as far as. Uh, politics is concerned, but I guess they're just kind of, I guess, lending a helping hand to the people. Nobody so, really supports what's so going on. So the details of what you guys are talking, it's Georgia that's accepting them, and it's Belarus that's the place that's pro-Russia, pro-Putin. It, yeah. Just so hmm. you know. Georgia and the United States is accepting? <laughs> well, they Probably did. Probably that, too. They did. They From the podium this morning or yesterday, seek asylum here. We'll take you in. Martha's Vineyard's not having that same uh, messaging, are they? <laughs> we're not talking politics no, we're not. Today, just so you okay. know. Because we can't pass the fact checkers? Is that... Exactly. Yeah. We're going to get shut down. <laughs> I just, I, I'm going to extend it just real quick because it's semi-politics. I knew you just, were going to. Just news of the day. Just when I was coming over this way, I saw, saw a deal pop up. Seniors getting a oh, yeah. relief on their Medicare health insurance premium. Yeah. And it's exactly like the gas prices. This is just typical typical liberal mind control. It went up from the 130s to about 170s last year. Had a huge jump, right? And now they're going to this 150. This year, big relief. Biden's being big relief through the the reduction act or whatever. 160. It's like five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so they jack it up 40. They drop it at five, and they're That's they're dropping the relief. The just like the gas prices. Just like gas. Gas, We're gonna prices. Need gas, gas relief. It, I got gas today. It was five. I don't even know five what? thirteen. But people with uh, short attention span yeah. would tell you that that's good because it was six just a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, obviously it works. That you see it in every aspect of life, right? And they get revoted, at reelected Macy's every time at, at oh, every high end store. Sell, sell, yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah, they mark it up. 
the eighty mm-hmm. percent. Oh my gosh! And then reduce it thirty. Yeah. I drove down to Yerington the other day, and uh, I'm like, "Well, I'll get gas in Carson City, you know, to save." And yeah, fifty cents. <laughs> it was still in that, you know, almost like four dollars, but you know, low five dollar. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this yeah. is this is what I was looking forward to." And yeah. so yeah, it's You're I guess pump. it's the norm. Yeah, it is the it's the it's new, new normal, as they call it. Oh, so man. what are we talking about? We're not talking about that. Yeah, we're not talking no about gas. that. Before we get yeah. to talking about what we're talking about, uh, I had a experience with a great product a few weeks ago, and that was the meat dehydrator, Tentray. And Tom is here because, Tom, you're going to dehydrate some things, or maybe you already started. Well, I, that's actually one of the things I've realized having a garden is to keep up with all the food that you make without it going to waste is you've got to find ways to preserve you know, either pickle. Yeah. Preserve it. So it's either dehydrating or pickling. And, um, so that's been something that clay and I have been, we've been trying to do as much as we can. What you should have a dehydrator going here all day, all night. That's or, you, not know, a you can watch idea, it. Actually. Yeah, we should. Cause it does take a while. Does it? I, I've never really dehydrated. My herbs, I do a lot. And it, it goes quick. The herbs are quick, but like yeah. the, uh, you do the peaches I did, were, yeah. they, you know. Is it dependent upon how much water contents in the original? Yeah, how thickness. And th- how, how thick how you cut. That wasn't a serious question. I know. Yeah. Oh, Clay. oh yeah, of course. That's <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize we had two garden gnomes in here. Wait, we're talking about meat, though, first. Yeah. So I did peaches and strawberries, and uh, they were unbelievable. And you've done the meat. And I've done herbs, the too. And I've done uh, meat, jerky. Like jerky and stuff. Yeah. Is there a difference between doing those? Oh yeah, vegetables and just more time and stuff and different temperature for for meat. Yeah, it takes on. Yeah, it does. Well, d- again, it depends on how thick you cut them. If you you know, you gotta. What I did, I made the mistake the first time is it's better to like dry your stuff off with like a paper towel before you put them in because that moist even that moisture just takes it longer for them to finish. You know what I mean? Mm. So if you marinate your jerky like overnight or over a couple days, then when you pull it out, then put it on some paper towel and get the where like on a smoker, you can just kind of throw it on and it's going to, it's going to go anyway, you know? Mm. Um, so give us an idea. Those two examples, jerky and peaches. What the, was your, what were your parameters? How long did it take? Uh, well, I'll tell you the herbs, uh, I left wet, um, like rinsed them from outside and put them in there and they took forever. Uh, thyme, basil, or it was like two different kinds of thyme and these basil. And yeah, they took you would the, think that wouldn't the, take very long the at all. The instructions said like like two to four hours, and I think it took eight. But Whoa. but I put them in wet because I didn't realize, you know, I yeah. rinsed them off because they were right out of the garden, had yeah. bird poop on them and everything else, you know, so <laughs> rinsed them off, put them in there, and uh, I should have dried them first. Then uh, the peaches, so I cut a bunch of peaches up and then read that they're better if you take the skin off. So then I had to peel a bunch of them. And that actually changed the time of the peaches a little bit. You know, the ones with the skin took a little bit longer than the ones that did not. But that was quick. Not quick, but uh, I think those took like four hours. And I made a bit of a rookie mistake and did the strawberries and the peaches together. Mm. And the peaches were done, or the strawberries were done way before the peaches. And I kind of overdid them. So they were a little bit drier maybe than you'd want. They were all good, though. They don't Just, taste like burnt or anything. No, 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 no. No, mm. no, no, no. It tastes... Uh, but they... um. They're just a little bit uh, drier, like they almost like break apart. Mm. Um, 
versus just being kind of like tender, you know? Hmm. Yeah, but there's, you can speed. You can turn the heat up. I was yeah, there's, say so, so many, there's so many th- different. That machine, the, you can change all the temperatures and. From like 85 degrees up to 185 degrees or something. Oh, wow. Okay. So the air, you know, so yeah. you can. You can speed but it you up. you don't but... want it. The, the slower is the better because, right. you know, you don't cook it. It's almost like a smoker in a lot of ways. Um, so what was on the peaches? What was your temperature? The peaches were like 190, I think. The so, herbs are real low. Yeah, like 113. Like the, yeah, 110, 115. And then mm-hmm. the peaches and strawberries were like 190, 185, 190. And yeah, that was... machine's cool. It's all digital. Because and... my oven, I looked at this because I, I didn't have one. Clay wouldn't give me one. Um, <laughs> let me borrow his. There's but, two uh, in the garage. Because I had brand new. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I thought about trying to use my my oven. Too and, high. Yeah, it is too high. So 200, I, 200 is usually the lowest ovens go but also yeah. the, that dehydrator's got a big fan in the back that's going and you know circulating so like a, the air around it like when a you, convection when you do those herbs, your whole house smells delicious clay i'll know that what, so what uh i did tomatoes the other day so I, dehydrated so i have a ton of tomatoes and there's only so much sauce i can make or you know uh salsa Fresh salsa or cans or smoke salsa um, and freeze that. There's so many tomato things out there. So I was searching other ways to preserve tomatoes and came across this lady who dries them out. And basically I put in all 10 trays of tomatoes, quarter inch thick. It took about 10 hours to completely go dry. Um, but then you you grind them up, and those ten trays or ten trays of tomatoes—I can't remember how many tomatoes that is—but it reduced it down to maybe an inch and a half or two inches of a mason jar. And what you what do you use that for? You can sprinkle it in soups or anything like that. But if you need tomato paste, it's two parts uh, water to one part of this powder and it makes tomato paste so if you mm. need to thicken up your sauce or or anything you use tomato paste for um that's kind of cool it's crazy because the 10 the 10 trays w- went down to that yeah instead of making a whole bunch of sauce which i have probably 30 gallons of sauce right now and salsas and everything that i've been making and the tomatoes are still growing and still oh, yeah, still until probably the end of october they'll still be coming hmm. What so, do you do if you can't get rid of all your stuff, give it away to your friends? Mm-hmm. All the time. Neighbors come over. Chase's teacher <laughs> comes over. She's a vegetarian because she had a heart attack after getting the first shot of the old. Fauci, ouchie. Vaccine. Oh, okay. She had a heart attack right after. Really? Mm-hmm. Not linked to that, though. So she stopped eating meat because, you know, heart attack and diet supposed to be what it's caused by, right? So. She stopped that and went vegetarian for a while to see what's going on. But so she comes over and gets a whole bunch of stuff all the time. So Chase gets A's all the time. No, just right. Yeah, that's called bribery. Uh, that's funny. This is still not what we're going to talk about. But I've been look. I've been watching this guy online. He's a pure like meat eater, and he would argue that the vegetables you were taught were a lie to you, and that all you need to eat is grass fed beef and organs and honey and raw dairy and that and he's a doctor hmm. 
I don't want to pitch what's, his name, but his name's that, Carnivore uh, 2.0. Paleo? That's that paleo stuff. No. Uh, this carnivore, different. Carnivore, carnivore yeah, paleo. He eats, carnivore. He eats kidneys, liver, testicles, heart, and then grass-fed beef. You know. And this is for sports performance? No, no, no. Or he's just he's a doctor. He's oh, shredded. Health. And, yeah. uh, but he, he says all that, all the vegetable stuff is uh, it's uh, BS, and that most of, like fruits are okay. He th- he says like the fruits of so tomatoes and stuff are okay, but any of your root vegetables that those are not meant to be ate, and that uh, you know that's why onions taste funny, and you know carrots, he, potatoes, staples of onions. Life. No, might I know, be but my he, favorite says, thing. <laughs> he says it's it's BS, and if you think about it the way he thinks about it, that that's their you know fight or flight uh reaction because they don't want to be eaten because that's how they recreate procreate is not the right word whatever hmm. it's just it's just his school of thought and that you know fruits they they are they come off the plant you know to I, then again the seeds are in the fruits and that's how they i don't so it's weird but you can look them up if you want to look them up it's interesting <laughs> yeah. i don't even i mean by far from studied on it but i mean the reason you most of your root vegetables have the vitamins and minerals they have is because they're absorbing them from the from the soil right right you know that's why asparagus is the classic one makes your pee stink kind of stuff because it's you know that's it actually absorbs some toxins from the soil more so than other vegetables so based on that he's he's advocating you just did you say the innards the the gizzards and the liver and that kind of stuff right which are the filters yeah that's our filter that's nasty so it's like i'm like on a superficial level that's hard to conceptualize why a vegetables filtering mechanism is bad but then an, an animals is you want that that to be part of your diet that's interesting yeah. to me. i always I, think the same thing about high, that too. seriously I mean, high iron and vitamin mineral I've stuff from those that. innards so and there's a lot of people there's a guy out there basically i he's not a doctor by name but he's like these gurus for working out and diet people you know and i think it's, I is that know. that kid that always pops up on your feeds and stuff v, v shred or something yeah and he's like, yeah, you vegetables and stuff that says the same kind of thing. You've been tricked and lied to, mm-hmm. and you, you should be able to eat this, this, and this, and this. Don't you think it's just so, as much a fad kind of thing? Like, it's different. It's a little bit of a niche yeah, space, yeah. and you, you you back it up with a few, you know, some, some good words and maybe a few studies. Well, and this stuff. guy's a doctor, and the funny yeah, thing is they all sell supplements. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, there's yeah, another, there's right. a very famous guy. He's the liver king, mm-hmm. and he's the same way. And, but they're all selling there's, these there's supplements. That, there's the same thing. The, the MD that's you know yeah. he had his heart attack yeah. and he had all that stuff. You got big long spiel. You end up listening to it at the very end. He's so selling a supplement. Yeah, exactly. Supplements. You need to grind it up into a man-made powder and then right. put it in a capsule. Oh, you, you can't eat. A, you can't eat a <laughs> testicle raw every day. I so, got a capsule so that's got it in there. <laughs> but don't, but don't <laughs> eat a carrot. No, the fun yeah. is I looked up this dude's supplements, and the recommended dose was six per day. There was 30 pills in a bottle, and they were $65 a bottle. So at six per day, you, you know, you got, what, five, five, days? five days worth of supplements, 60 bucks or something like that? So yeah. in five minutes, we just debunked the dude. Right, yeah. pretty much. Just My wife just him. made me have uh, some some pills the other day it was uh <laughs> not the pills you guys think yeah, sure <laughs> what color was whatever, it Tom? Whatever, she fentanyl. said they're like uh they're to supplement like eating organ meat that's like, this guy like no, that I mean, was somehow giving me what i'm missing 
type thing. I guess Test, the, testosterone, Tom. <laughs> Test maybe ten second. Tom. What Frank Thomas takes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen the that ten second Tom is different. Meaning at his house. Shit. So is that still what we're talking about? No. Oh, but now we're going to get into what we're talking about. Oh. So I was tasked with the. Uh, uh, duty to write a bio for myself. I still got to do that. Everyone's gonna yeah. in this room's kind of got to do that, and I. It's weird to write a bio about yourself, and it almost starts to feel like a eulogy. Is what I was <laughs> thinking about today while I was working on it. But more importantly, what I wanted to talk to, you know, with you guys, and you know, we've talked about it before, but maybe not in great depth, but you know how your outdoor life kind of got started and Tom, yours is relatively short. Maybe hasn't even started at all. It started briefly, but I just was having to think about it, you know, today and I got, you know, my first 410 shotgun when I was, I, I couldn't even carry it. You know, the stock had to be cut off of it. And, you know, I followed somebody around chucker hunting and then, you know, turned 12 and, got to be able to put in for a deer tag and went deer hunting with my dad and brothers, you know, and, uh, and we kind of grew up the same, right? I, I literally thought about today when I was a kid, we took our vacations to Northern Washoe. My parents didn't take us to Mexico or Europe or, you know, Never. anywhere. We, we mm. camped in our backyard, so to speak. You know, if my parents got a week off of work, that's what we did. And we went up there and learned how to, you know, th- they throw the word like survive around a lot now because it's like catchy, but that's what our parents were kind of teaching us back in the day. You know, they taught you where living on the spring was, being... you know, because that's the water that you would drink if you were out there, you know, and they taught you what animals you could eat. You know, like I remember my dad, he would never let us shoot a cottontail in the summertime because they had worms, you know, so you have to learn that. And it wasn't necessarily they were teaching you like you were going to get, you know, annexed out to the desert. But you could get lost out there, you know, and you could have to fend for yourself or you could choose to go out there, you know, and learn to live on your own and fend for yourself. And it was it was just funny. Like I was thinking back about, you know, just a story like that, like no cottontails in the summertime. And, uh, you know, you, you you can't eat a jackrabbit, but you probably don't want to eat a jackrabbit. And don't piss into the wind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> don't You know you always find the source of the spring. You don't drink down water because sure enough, you'll get to the top of the spring and there'll be horse shit in it. And if you drink that, you'll get sick. And if you drink, you know, sitting water, you'll get sick. And, but so I just, I, I reminisced a lot about my, you know, early days growing up outdoors and just had to think about a lot of that. And I wanted to, I guess, open it up to you guys and see, you know, I know you two are going to have similar stories and, but, Tom has a Tom's got. I know Tom's he's got, got some a lot stories. of probably a lot of similar stuff, but it's more backcountry because he grew up skiing. Sure. So he had to survive a different way, right? So well, I mean, learn how to build snow or, caves. Or and, uh, <laughs> I've I've hiked the length of the Sierras, um, which go. is more hiking and fishing. And we fished for food out there, but it wasn't like you know we had. What, what you do know, you mean you hiked the length of the Sierras? So we started down by uh, Lone Pine if you know where that is along the Sierras. And then there's, um, there's basically the John Muir trail and we didn't go all the way on the John Muir trail. We kind of cut off on different sections, but 
we pretty much went from Lone Pine to Mammoth that really? distance. Damn. Um, so we're hiking 15 miles a day. And how old were you? I was probably a junior in high school. <laughs> yeah, not last year. That's where you got those calves. Yeah. That was well, you lose a lot of weight on those trips. Yeah, because uh, you're not eating very much. And that's right. You you get pretty lean and how many miles was it in total, would you guess? Oh man. I maybe maybe a hundred. Oh wow. Something, but I mean it's really rugged. And packing everything Rug- on your back and yeah. sleeping in a tent or under uh-huh. the stars or what? And we had a food cache like kind of midway. So we had to hike down to that, and that was like a over a twenty mile hike out to get to that food cache. But we'd run across bears, and you know, trying to get your food that you're trying to hang, and yeah, um, you're kind of always on the move, kind of, you know. And were you drinking get... water like as you found it? You you brought water? Would you? Uh, well, you you have pumps or you have iodine pills, and you use those. But yeah, you're you're pretty aware that you know you don't want to be drinking. Just straight out of the creeks in most of the place in the Sierras, which is weird. You're in real high country, and you would think, but there's pack animals that are up there, and um, so you try and steer away from that, and always kind of try and pump water because the water's tainted. You're saying even up, even, even up in way the Sierras, up high yeah. up there, yeah. But I mean, usually it's because of livestock, you know. Um, so there's pack animals that go up pretty high in the Sierras to drop people off. Oh, um, so just like I was talking about, then the horses, yeah, put uh-huh. in the water. Yep. What, uh, but that you said that was your junior in high school. I, I roughly, okay, roughly, roughly like, but it's what, been but so long. Obviously, you learned all that stuff prior to that. Uh-huh. Did your ski coaches teach back, you know, backcountry survival stuff when you were well, skiing? I think and, like uh, growing up in Truckee, California, you know, up in the mountains. Um, I do remember pretty distinctly on survival skills. If you get caught out in the, you know, out in the wilderness. Um, my grandma was like one of the head ladies at Camp Washimi. If you guys know that from Reno. No. Long time ago, but it was up Definitely. on Mount Rose. And I remember we did some weird, you know, survival stuff up there too. Did you eat ants? Uh, no. I ate ants at Clear Creek and they said you could eat earthworms too, but. Will you watch that alone show? If you've ever seen that show alone, where they eat each other? <laughs> well, people are trying to survive. They're alone by themselves, and they've got to try and oh, survive. Oh, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a TV that show. Was the, the movie. The oh, movie the movie. Alone. Yeah, right. Remember the movie alive. with the skier, alive. And the soccer team. <laughs> they ate each other. Pretty much, I'm sure you guys would go straight for my legs or the calves, buttocks. Yeah, but that show is interesting enough to where you do start thinking about, you know, now that I'm kind of more in this hunting world with you guys and understanding how hard it is to hunt and to how to really survive out there is, is a pretty interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And I've I, always joked with that kind of stuff. I would, I would enjoy doing, doing something like that. Right. But because of our upbringing, I always make the joke that like, why would you ever do that and not have the purpose of taking a deer or taking an elk? Like right. well, I'm yeah. gonna hike that kind of distance yeah. and okay, cool. We're we're up here. We're here. Now we do? Like, <laughs> I don't do that either. Like there's no it, it, <laughs> I don't it still do would it. be killer because of the experience, but just like what's the the focus of it's on a hunt is just a completely different mindset, you know? Like, Guess it gives we, you like we a end task. up like what we call peak bagging. So we'll climb peaks, uh, you know, that require a little bit of scrambling to get to the top. We don't have ropes, but so we'll kind of rock climb and, uh, you know, just the landscape out there is pretty unreal. And you call it teabagging? 
<laughs> Peak bagging? What was it? <laughs> Tea bagging. I thought it. That's his other group I didn't of say friends. it, but I thought it. Yeah. yeah. Of course, your guys' mind went there. Did you, no wonder why you guys can't. bagging while you were peak bagging. You guys can't understand it. That's how you get through the hike. That's how you get through the hike. That's right. That's how you get through a long hunting trip, turning everything into something funny. That's a... It's funny who you just brought it up that alone. I just watched one. It, I think that that's different, right? There's a, I saw a dude that was like very well versed and all that stuff. And he quit like in three days. Yeah. Just it's a interest, mentally. Like, maybe's the yeah. one thing that we don't know anything about, right? You could, you can know all the, the things there are to know about, you know, being in the outdoors, but then mentally to be, well, you think about that guy that got his arm caught in that rock and, by yeah. yourself and hurt or even by yourself and healthy and but then you know days into complete solitude and fear and all that stuff would mentally you got to be tough too. i think that's part have of that show yeah. have you i haven't watched that, that they made no, a movie but i heard I still haven't watched it. i've heard it's good and it goes into all of his you know the psychology of it the dreams he started having mm-hmm. even like erotic dreams and just he was just all over the place he had some really detailed erotic dream and it was basically based on a couple of female hikers that he happened to see on the trail in and so when he started kind of hallucinating and started going crazy somehow that crept into his subconscious and he had these these crazy dreams right in the middle of i mean he's near death Cut, kind of yeah. stuff and he's having erotic just a really weird experience i wonder how uh, nobody here male. has anyone seen the movie i wonder how he slept he just got so yeah. tired he was hanging he's, there by that arm that was stuck in the rock basically yeah, we'll yeah. have to watch it I get back to the survival deal or lessons. The very, <laughs> I mean, we, it was, I have a lot of memories, you know, growing up doing things and learning how to, uh, you know, guns or survival or what you can eat. Like we ate rattlesnake, you know, mm-hmm. we had rattlesnake rocks behind our house. We'd go up and shine a mirror with the sun reflection in the, in the rocks and they'd come crawling out and, Kill them, eat them. We, I mean, we had feeds, wild game feeds, where we'd have rattlesnake, and people were like, "What the hell?" And, I, I've never heard that thing with the mirror. Oh yeah, they when when they're out sunning, they're sunning, but when they're in their hole, they hate the sun. They don't want any of that light. So you take a mirror and reflect that sun down in that hole, and they'll come out getting away from that light. Really? So just boom. It's kind of like cinnamon to a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they hate cinnamon. Do, I honestly they hate the sun. Let me let me say this just a brief. When's the last time any of us seen a rattlesnake out in the desert? And I know we go most of our time in the in the winter, but we we typically analog. You know, I have not seen a rattlesnake in years. It has been a while. Have the three of us filming or anything run across a rattlesnake? I, tons I mean, of like I said, and we're stuff. usually just, filming in the winter time, but right. but we would go August, um, September, October. You usually see. I, I just I, had a memory of. Uh, we, I'm pretty sure we were coyote hunting. This has been many years ago, but we were coming across a little rock pile. It seems like I can kind of envision it, but there was, we come across rattlesnake. I can't, I, I'm going to have to think longer to think about what hunt that was, but it's been several years ago. Yeah. And I know you, you tell your famous story about almost getting bit in the face. by uh, one. Yeah. And it's I mean, not that we haven't had tags like that in the last. Yeah. I mean, I remember it, my, my, like I, my mind's gone. So you can't really ask me questions about like memory right now. Cause it's going fast, but you know, we'd always see, you know, going across the power line just north of the ranch. Yeah. They're always in the road right there. Remember right. how they were always there? Um, I, 
Yeah, but I don't think the so. The bunch of us, you know, he had that antelope tag. We never saw one. Chance had an antelope ta- tag. We never saw one. You're even going back to your antelope tag on the on the up north. We never saw one. I don't think the three of us have ever come across a rattlesnake together in ten years. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I've I don't seen, think we have. I've I've seen one in the last ten years for sure, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I think mean, for me, at least, when you if you just bring it up right at the top of my head, just haven't been doing a lot of camping as far as you know. I camped. We camped a lot more when the kids were smaller. They're all grown up and shit. So, right. you know, I haven't been out doing summer camping near as much. So that's but we've, that's, but that's we've covered a lot of uh, miles. But it, it's funny because the survival of or, or doing it when we were growing up, we would have. I remember a birthday. We we lived right on the desert. Sagebrush was right across the road, and. I remember vividly at Clint, one of Clint's birthdays in the side yard of our house, there was a rattlesnake coiled up in the grass, cooling down. Oh, yeah. With all the kids of the neighborhood came. I, at McQueen. Uh, oh, we'd always have them. We'd always have them out in the grass, cooling down, because McQueen backed up to the desert there mm-hmm. before now, right? All the houses there. But right fielders had to be careful yeah, on that baseball field. And I remember yeah. warming up before the game and, and the opposing team down the third ba- uh, first baseline starts screaming when they're warming up. Like snake, snake. And I, I just I, thought of the last I, snake. Just hit me. Go ahead and finish. I walk over. You know, I pick it up. Take it out to the, the sage. <laughs> there, and everyone's like, "You're crazy!" And I still get that reaction. And I'm like, "Yeah, we." But it, growing up and learning how to do yeah, it, and just like all the time. whatever. Mm, yeah. And so everyone's like, "You're crazy as hell!" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not crazy to me." Last snake, Mexico. In the in the oh yeah Adobe there you go <laughs> Mexico that, they, wow. that huge one was oh no, there. there's no snakes around here right my that's my favorite story about that trip to Mexico Thomas we got to worry about border jumpers and stuff no not not over here thirty minutes into the truck ride there's three of them in the in the ranch and then we got to worry about snakes no no it's like winter time down here to them in our bunk in our bunk inside the house and then there was and big too and then there was that puma track oh yeah and I didn't see it yeah I don't Clay, know I couldn't talking. see it but it was there. <laughs> um but i survival i guess you could say it lessons of being outdoors i remember you know i think i maybe even told this story with gun safety we've talked about before about how um dad out hunting would put a pistol loaded or a shotgun loaded and you could see the bullet in it or a shotgun that had its action open or you know the mag out or all these different scenarios and was like, okay, what's well, guns loaded? Some some you could see the bullet in the chamber, some you can't, some were, you know, closed action, whatever. And the first, they're all loaded. That was that was the survival, you know, the, the, that was a lesson. Everyone was loaded. Yep. Regardless of where it was or how it was and, you know, things to do. That I think that was the biggest memory of being in the outdoors young was gun safety, because there's no coming back from that. You can right. come back from certain mistakes you do, like camping or eating or drinking bad water or stuff yeah, like yeah. that but you that, shoot yourself you, or somebody there ain't, probably, there ain't no coming back from that. that so that was the ultimate lessons with vividly for me just to add on to it that's the gun that we all three learned on was a <laughs> over under 22 mag on the top 410 shotgun on the bottom single and shot it, and it was a it was a uh double action safety so when you cocked the hammer back you were you were ready to fire that was the safety and you know Chad's actually the one being the oldest brother, but yeah, so we were chucker hunting. Oh, chucker jumped up, so he cocked the gun back, 
And uh, Clay and I were basically just like two young. Following. Well, we only had the one gun, and we yep. were just too young to probably hold the gun up, but we, we would follow behind. Yep. And birds jumped up. Chad cocked it back, but never took a shot. And my dad spent 20 minutes with him just berating him to make him learn how to and not be afraid of that gun to take it down, you know, to take that hammer Pull the trigger out, you know, pull yeah. the trigger halfway. And... and he wouldn't do it. I mean, he was really flustered. He was crying. My dad would, he would take it down. Look, it's just like this. And then, you know, you know, the buildings get a little more frustration, a little more mad, but he, then he would cock it again. Now you do it. He'd undo it, show him again. And he must've done it 50 times. And he okay. made him just like Clay in his broccoli soup. He made him do it right there on the mountain because it's like That's you have to learn how to do this. Right there. It's, you know, it's something. It probably made an impression for sure. It made an impression on me sitting there, and I wasn't oh, even yeah. the one holding the gun. Right. So. It's kind of like checking them when you first pick them up. Like I can check it all these times. years later. I just touched a pistol of Clay's, and I must have checked it fifty. It didn't even have a mag in it, and yeah. I checked it fifteen times because it's good. Habit. Yeah, you just you don't want to make that mistake, and and our our parents just. Instant. You know, for lack of a better word, just kind of beat that into you that you, yeah, you have to check that thing. And, you know, over, even if it's over and over and you just want to be sure, you know, and you don't want an accident to happen for sure. Yeah. That, hey, my dad did the same thing. I mean, just gun safety was a big one. Have you ever heard the, speaking of broccoli soup? No, I want to hear the broccoli soup. Is that, is, that, bro- is that a safe for work? Yeah. Let's You've hear never it. heard this broccoli soup? I story? might have, but my, my, my mind's a little mushed <laughs> too. Tom or my mom made homemade broccoli soup, which and, is delicious, by the way. And I With cheddar abs- cheese or cheddar or what? Oh yeah, a sprinkle uh, of cheddar cheese, on the all top. That stuff. I was yeah. I was eight probably something like that. Probably not even. Probably I think six, I was probably eight. Six, you were six, <laughs> and I absolutely hated it. I just hated it. I'm, I'm obviously and broccoli is one of the easier yeah. vegetables and to I'm, eat. <laughs> but back then, I absolutely hate, it, and I won't eat it today. I still won't eat it because of what happened. So. She made this, everybody eats it, seven bowls of it. And I'm sitting there with my same bowl. Now it's cold as hell. And I'm sure the hell I ain't eat it. Uh. But my, my dad, you're eating it. No, 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 you're eating it until it's gone. You ain't going to bed. You're sitting at the table till, it's, till you eat it. That's what we got for tonight. And uh, I find myself saying that to my kids now. But uh, yeah, same <laughs> but here. But back then, like, oh, hell no, I ain't eating. So I sat there by myself. Everybody left. Chad left. Clint left. Mom and dad out watching out watching TV in the next room. I'm sitting there. Crying in your suit. <laughs> right? So Clint, every, let's say it was, a, I don't know, football game or, or commercial of a network show we were watching or whatever, or they were watching. Probably the Cosby show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd come in and try to, you know, help brother out. He'd eat one or two spoonfuls every time he'd go, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, I got to wash my hand, whatever. And he'd come in and I'm like, but, you know, well, one time my dad got onto it. Clint, if you're in there eating that soup, I'm, you're something. <laughs> and he spits, he had it right in his mouth. And he said that and he spits it back up into my bowl. And my dad still tried to make me eat it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm spitting my food. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and after that, my mom was like, oh, Orv, that's enough. And you didn't I, have to eat it? I went to bed or something like that. And it's kind of funny, you know, you think back like the, your childhood house, if you've ever gotten a chance to go back and see your childhood house, you know, every, everything that you thought was so big, it's so much smaller, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a really small house. I remember the 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 hallway 
Rock. The bedrooms, second door on the left was the shitter. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. And you had, it was, used, I remember it being such a huge hallway. Well, point of bringing that up is, you know, kitchens here, living rooms right around the corner. And I'm in there trying to sneak around. And it's like, you know, you're yeah. thinking back on that. <laughs> My dad is probably 12 feet away in the living room. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of spoon there. clanking <laughs> off the bowl. <laughs> I was in there the whole time. I'm all trying to be There's sneaky. There's a lot of things that happened in that house that were, we, some are not for podcast style. Another one was we used to have, um, like king of the bed wrestle, you know, three oh, brothers yeah. and whoever got thrown off the bed, you know, had to do the chores or we were the champion of the day or whatever. And for the first time ever, I got him off the bed first, you know, and I, he was going to beat my ass after that. Right. And here I'm, we had just got done doing chores, just got done mopping the floor. <laughs> and we were in the back bedroom and I ran down that hallway as fast him on my tail and we had a center island, like this table, center island uh, in the kitchen. And I tried to whip myself around the island, and I grabbed a hold of the corner and whipped myself around the, the dill. But we had just got done mopping the floor, so it was still wet. My feet right out. And when I came down, the handles of the bottom cupboards were decorative, and they had like a little decorative spike on the top and bottom of them. <laughs> And I slip and I come down and my ass sat right into the, on one of those spikes and Ooh. it went right there and ripped me open just right on it. <laughs> had a, another butthole, but you know, just butt cheek, not butthole. But, oh yeah, oh, but, I was gonna say, no, man. butt cheek, and it yeah. just that spike went right up in my butt cheek and ripped it. There I was, and I didn't get stitches because you like a week before, I had a, a skateboard in my head and got stitches in my head <laughs> for like the seventh time. Uh, so that we're not wasting money on the stitches. Mom's in there putting steri strips on and doing stuff because she was a nurse. But yeah, super glue it. <laughs> super glue. <laughs> it was like an inch spike went up into my butt cheek. That hurt. Did you and you just kept it a secret, or did you tell them no. just didn't want to get stitches? No, my mom knew. Yeah, yeah, they knew about everything. But they said well, we ain't paying for no more <laughs> stitches. We're <laughs> home remedy Chat. how was that cold broccoli soup clint can you remember it still to this day <laughs> I, I've always I still won't eat it soup. i like it i still, still won't I eat like it. it too you don't like it at all i won't eat it i won't drink coffee because like when i was a kid i hated coffee taffy uh tapioca pudding because we got sick at bob's big boy on plum lane from the all you can eat buffet won't eat tapioca pudding because of it because you ate too much or it was no, bad it was, i think i think got we food all, bad with all of us got sick i won't mm. eat that there's just certain things i won't try again <laughs> broccoli soup i think you eat broccoli broccoli don't you i love broccoli oh you should try it again you'd probably <laughs> like it got cheese in it oh yeah it's delicious Put isn't some it, tom? tom you have Belvia any of those cheese? stories of growing up not eating i ate everything <laughs> if can you imagine that i i i, I could tell over it's held over to down too. me yeah. too i could tie this little uh thing kind of together twice with the same thing so where i grew up as a kid uh we could have a whole podcast on this guy, but his name was Joe Stromer and he was a homeless guy that lived on our mining claims in the black rock desert. And he was as hard as you could ever be like long story short, he was living in the desert cause he was going to probably go to prison for the rest of his life. He had gone to prison like in Leavenworth, which is the military prison for something. And he, he was just hard dude. He lived in the desert by himself. Every day, the every day, every day during the hottest time and during the coldest times. So he was tough. And so periodically he would come to Reno, not very much, 
And it was either when he was like sick or he would come to like the gun shows to buy like ammo and stuff. And I remember this is how different times are. Uh, he came to town and he stayed at our house, my, my parents' house. And we were kids and my parents had something going on and they were, they, they left us with this dude, Joe, which we would go stay at his, you know, where he lived, which was our mining claims. We would stay there all the time, but with our parents, you know, and, but you know, he wasn't like, he wasn't like a weirdo or anything. He was just, just tough. And so they go do whatever. And he's, my mom's already made dinner and we, we just sit down at the table. Right. And Joe, for some reason had this deal where you couldn't drink anything with your food. And so we always had like milk or water or juice or whatever at the table. And you could sit there and eat your dinner and drink juice, but he, he didn't allow that. And so I'm like, well, dude, I, I can't eat without something to drink. And he did the same thing like your dad. Well, then you'll just sit here and you're not getting one single thing to drink till your entire plate's cleared. And that's the way it's going to be. And I remember just probably like you crying. I wish my parents were home, you know, tell Joe to <laughs> go funny. pound sand. And yeah, dude, I sat at the table with nothing to drink, probably till the food got cold and I never ate any of it. Cause I always wanted something to drink when I ate. And yeah, that's funny. Good, good memory. Found out later, his name, real name, was actually Ted Kaczynski. His name was <laughs> his name wasn't Joe. It was Jeff Dahmer. Oh, no. he went that route. No, <laughs> uh, dude, this guy, holy, I, I, he's got to be dead by now. I don't even know. Maybe not. He's in a max prison. Ted no? Kaczynski, Unabomber, bud. <laughs> Ted, Teddy guy. boy. No, but this dude, he was freaking. I mean, can you imagine that? He lived in the Black Rock Desert every day, and he lived. When my parents first met him, he lived in a homemade cabin wood cabin that had a bed and you know kind of like where not even where he cooked but just like a like a general area where food and stuff was and he he had like this weird like wood stove outside that and he lived on whatever people like like if my parents took us up there or whatever went up there for a week whatever food was left over they would just give it to him but he didn't have a refrigerator didn't have a freezer he had a, he had a, he had piped from a spring all the way down to where he lived. And I remember it like yesterday, dude, had a PVC pipe that went up into this two compartment sink and it just was always full. And that's where like he had fake teeth. They were always, <laughs> they were always there and he would just dip them in the spring water and hit them with a brush and put them in his mouth. Dude, if my parents gave him a watermelon, he, that the only way to keep it cold would be to put it in that sink you know this there'd be like stuff sitting in there but nothing would ever be frozen nothing would ever be cold because he didn't have a refrigerator so he drank all his water with spring water at whatever temperature that was and if he a cold soda was just as cold as the spring water could make it freaking nuts dude and then somebody gave him a trailer years after we went out there and but he lived in that but it didn't have any i don't think it had no any power, propane or anything because it would just sat there for years but he, and he had these old military trucks that he had acquired over the years. It was nuts, dude. Just crazy that how that dude lived out there. He's the type of guy that would dehydrate tomatoes. Probably. Save space. Ooh. No, he never he, he never Ooh. ate a tomato. That dude, I think he ate rats and snakes. Ooh, he, he could find out there. He yeah. had a uh, he had an outhouse that I'll never forget was was a uh, wallpapered and rattlesnake skins and playboys, dude. And so I always went in there to check out the playboys and rattlesnake skins. <laughs> 
Pretty Sounds crazy. like that guy we met out on uh, the elk hunts down in Ely <laughs> with the beaver skin hat. The like when so I had no shirt driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You coming back, boys? <laughs> <laughs> when I was back there with Trevor last year, we went up through there. And I started to tell him that story, and I could tell by the look on his face. And he knew. Oh, yeah, was. you're talking about, you know, Joe, whatever. You know, he knew. Him. He knew. He knew exactly who I was talking about. Say, so, hey, he's quite a character. Yeah, you got a magnet is. for those guys, Clay. Thank you. Grizzly. If you kept your shirt on it, it would probably have been normal. <laughs> well, well, I'm hot a lot, Tom. So let's hear your, what, what do you remember from being a kid, Clint? What's your favorite, you know, desert? survival not survival necessarily but you know lesson well not to pick on clay but you know uh oh i guess it's i mean because there's so many different stories but you say that way and the kind of conversation we've had is all of the checking the guns and having it beat in your head and all that kind of stuff you still make mistakes i can vividly remember so something my dad did you think about you know, you got your first junior tag and you, you know, you had your own first tag. That wasn't the first time we hunted, right? No, yeah. I mean, we were little tiny. You look back at the old photo albums and we were just able to walk and we were going on hikes with our dad because he had a deer tag. So, you know, you're out on deer hunts, antelope hunts all the time, walking with your dad. Then you get old enough, you carry the gun, you know, even if you don't have the tag, you know, he'd let us carry the gun for part of it just to kind of get, you know, let, let, that you feel what it was like to carry a gun. So uh, pretty sure it was an antelope. It was in the summertime. It was hot. We were antelope hunting, walked down on a draw, and there was a there was a horse trough horse that trough. had some water in it. And uh, always my dad's one and only gun was the 270. 270. Um, Remington or Winchester? Remington. And uh, <laughs> he never let us, or and he never h- hiked with the gun with one in the chamber. There was just bullets in the magazines. So he, I'm sure, checked the action, gave it to Clay, and was going to wash up at the spring kind of stuff. And um, I don't remember if Chad was on that one or not, but for sure, obviously, me and Clay. But I think Chad was with us, too, so it was the four of us. And, uh, you know, he's so he's bent over the trough, and he's cleaning up, and he looks back at Clay, and I'm doing the same thing, cleaning up. And all of a sudden, he starts ripping Clay's ass, and it's like, oh, what's, what happened here? And I got the last glimpse of it, you know, as I was clearing the water out of my eyes. And here's Clay... If you visually can imagine if you were going to kind of rest your, your, your chin on a, on a fence post kind of thing and rest yourself a little bit. Well, he did that on the barrel of the gun. <laughs> right up through my chin. Right, yeah, so the barrel of the gun's basically pointing at the bottom of Clay's skull. Oh, and, man, you know, it was unloaded and all, all that right, kind of but... stuff. But, man, you could imagine the... Uh... So, yeah. So I've was... never done it again. And that's probably... <laughs> uh... I'm thinking Chad probably potentially even had that tag. Yeah, possibly. I think Chad So, we're was. probably talking Clay was probably eight years old, nine years old. Yep. Yeah, if you were short enough, enough to rest to your chin on it. Old enough to know girl. kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, even when you're, I guess, what I would say is, you know, you, you grow up that way. It's not like it's ever foolproof. I mean, you want to try to... Beat it yep. into your brain as much as possible. Beat it into your kid's brain as much as possible, but you're still going to make mistakes. And I could tell, I mean, there's other mistakes as we gotten older even, but I, I've, we all joke about that one now, but it's kind of one of those like, wow, a young well, kid like that, not even realizing yep. what he was doing and holy smokes, even, even coming from a hunting family. So. Well, you think yeah. about, we're all guilty of, you know, inadvertently pointing your gun at someone when you're, you know, you're walking whatever you're doing, you're walking into a hunt or you're chuck running or whatever, you know, and you just kind of lose yeah. the, 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 you know, relationship or the barrel and 
you know, you, you don't even realize, but you're pointing it right at your buddy. You know, I, I do it all. Whoa, 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 you know, to tons of different people you hunt with. And you think about, you've been hunting for 30 plus years now, still make that mistake. Even to this day, probably last season it happened. Guaranteed it happened last season. You know, not that your finger's near the trigger or anything, but you don't want it pointed at anybody anywhere, you know. That was a big one growing up, too. You know, you walk in and hike in, you get tired, and you're carrying that gun in 10 different positions because you're, you know, we never had slings on our guns when I was a kid. You know, they were all, they all were nothing. You'd carried them over your shoulder or whatever, and you'd always, you know, my dad would always be watching which way the barrel was pointing, and then he'd yell at you if you pointed it at somebody else, you know, not that you were shouldered and pointing it at somebody, but just kind of carrying it around. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm there's to there's many a... others, but you know, for yeah, another day. Yeah. Yes. Tom, you didn't grow up hunting. Uh-uh. You you got a hunt I, I for just, the first I just fished. I fished a lot. So you got a hunt that's my for the first time equivalent. in Argentina, right? Yep. I did do some hunting down in Argentina and I'm a proud member of my hunter safety now, which I got two years ago. Class of 2020? Yeah, class and, of 2020. And now you don't have, you haven't anything to show for it yet? Nope. <laughs> no, I, no, no tags yet in Nevada? Clay's help putting in for tags, and somebody mentioned to me that maybe Clay's putting me in for the hardest tags. <laughs> well, that's all we put in for. Yeah. <laughs> You want an area six tag? I think Mikey there? was the one who told me that. He's like, yeah, maybe you should put in for an easier tag. Yeah. If you want to rifle be an area if you 10? got a great oh. tag for your first deer and you just kill the giant. Oh, yeah. Or well, whatever. I'm definitely going to need your guys' help. A Zeus? A Zeus? Yeah. Zeus. Zeus. We, we talked about that last time, but I just can't get that thing over. Thomas Baker killing that giant deer. Holy cow. Yeah, it's out there now. 272. 15 by 13 and the story of how that all came to be saying in that way doesn't even give it justice to no. kill an animal like that though i mean he lived with that animal and for 45 days basically that's that's i mean slept on the story. mountain with him for 30 never lost track of him then as the season got closer lost him more and more would only see him a minute of a day and maybe not see him for five days see him for 20 minutes then saw a mountain lion in the same. I, the same, I highly saw, doubt anybody has a rival story. If anything, it's equal to it. I'm well, not sure as far as the entire ability to take an animal like that. Oh, yeah. Not only obviously the size of it, but what it took to take that animal. I can't even imagine the most seasoned hunters, the Fred Bears, all the rest of them out there. I don't think there's a story that could top that. And we don't even know all the details. So, And, and can you then imagine that it's not even your deer? <laughs> that it's he did all that for a client. I mean, he's got, they're, they're, and he had, a, know he had a, a tag, right? He and had I, the tag just like his client, but he yeah, loves what kind of guy he is. It's just how he is. He loves the reaction, smile on people's faces, right? Versus killing it. Himself. No, that's a, that's an unbelievable outfitter, right? But he, then two days later, he goes and kills a, whatever that is, 190 200 inch, deer, 200 yeah. inch deer himself. If you read that story <laughs> in the field and stream that I sent you guys today, um, I didn't realize the hunter was 40 yards from it when he bumped it that first morning. Yeah. This, you know, I, we did talk about it, but if you missed it, long story short, sleeps on the mountain with it for 30 days, goes in on opening day, bow season, and sneaking in, they bump a herd of elk, yep. and unbeknownst to them, also this deer, uh, and then it turns out on trail cam photos later that the hunter was within 40 yards of it 
and the elk actually bumped the the deer, not the hunter. And then he went missing for nine and days. Then, yeah, then they, then he went into the trees and disappeared for yet yeah, ten days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nine more days. So that's how that's how. It, long story short, a ten year old two hundred and seventy two inch deer gets to be that big. Is that the slightest bit of fear sends him into the forest for ten days? And I mean, I guess they can forage a little bit of food. And stuff when they're in there, but not like they're used to. But yep. I guess well, it's crazy at least too. just turning nocturnal. He just well, he totally went, turned nocturnal. And that nocturnal. was the thing. Yeah. Even though they were walking in, obviously, in the dark. Oh, yeah. Like everyone For does. Sure. And to scare him, if he was 40 yards from him, he was probably only not very far from where he was going to set up. Right. So that He means, almost had him. So, well... Maybe, Maybe. The, the deer because just beat him to the, to the yeah, spot. He yeah, he 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 was feeding in the dark and walking in the dark. So even if he got there, he might have got to the spot where he was going to be at and been gone. Sure, still in the dark. Yep. You know. So I was thinking about that. Yeah, they did spook him in the dark, but would he have hung out in that area until it got light if he was able to sneak in there on opening? But it's a hell of a story how it happened yeah, so. there's a good lesson to be learned too there was a hunt clay and i had archery tags a decade ago and we went in the la- the day before the season started and clay wanted to check and see if this particular spring so we're on four wheelers but it had little little short little hike up and see if there was any water in this spring he's up in the spring and as he's walking back to me you know just kind of a five minute little hike up in there. So I kind of stayed down. And, uh, as he's walking back, these two deer are not bolting out of there, but they're just getting out of there as Clay's walking back. And Clay was up in there kind of checking things out. See if that so as he was sort of walking away, they take off out of there. And one of them's, I mean, I figure he's one of the bigger deer I've ever seen on the hoof. He's big. And the other one wasn't all that bad either, but they were, they were in that spring and he busted them out of there. The unique thing about that is they didn't bust out right away. It's almost like they stayed there, waited a little bit, then they took off. So we watched them go away. Well, here now, the next morning is opening morning. We both have tags. What are you going to do? Clay asked me, well, I'm going to go up and go after that deer. Either one of those deer, right? (laughs) Oh, they'll never be in there. You don't get that big from being stupid. Yeah, they're going to be in a different country and all that kind of stuff. I'm going over here gonna hunt in a wholly different area not thinking that he's gonna go after that same deer anyways so I go up in there dark hike up on the ridge put my binoculars up at first light and it's in that same spring which was dry it didn't have any water in it but it it, it was still a spring I guess um, right when I put my binoculars up that deer is standing up on the bank of that spring like on, silhouetted on the skyline kind of stuff so not only did he not flee the country, went right, right back in there. In the, that was his he bed. Was, he was literally standing on top of that thing, and I put a stock on him and blew it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, he was right <laughs> back in the same exact spot. That was let's oh. just say less than twelve hours later because it wasn't you know it was that previous day sometimes. So oh, you, good lesson to be learned. You know, you might think that you blew an animal out, but if that's truly their home and they live there and they're comfortable, and you might think psychologically like we like we've always talked about. They escaped and they're still alive, so they got to figure whatever they did was the right thing. So why wouldn't they, from an animal standpoint, go right back into the country again? They survived whatever threat was there the day before. It's not like you spooked them. It probably reinforces that they're in the right spot. Right. So they had enough time to not even know what was scaring them, but 
scared them enough to get out of there. And and they go yeah, right back to they, if they have a way to get out and it works, yeah. Why you would you go? Just why would you that? go to new country and Good try to find out podcast. more mm-hmm. routes to escape routes and all this stuff? You already know it. It worked. Go back to it. anyway. That was an interesting it, podcast. Yeah, inter- interesting and in, that uh, went thirty-two di- different directions. Dehydrated tomatoes <laughs> to. It's all survival. Tom's cabs. It's all living out in the uh, <laughs> wilderness. Survival. Well, guess what I'm going to do when I get home? Eat dried tomatoes. I'm going to. I'm going to go garden and put stuff in the dehydrator. The old meat dehydrator. How's my uh? What's that stuff called? Cowboy candy doing? I made four. What are we doing? Pint quarts. Mm-hmm. Are those court jars? Uh, court jars, yeah. I made four quarts of them the other day. I still have one of your jars that I need refilled. Of pickles? I would like pickles, but <laughs> man, them peppers and carrots mixed in there together would be a Ooh, nice treat. I got a gallon. I got gallons of peppers and uh, carrots right now. Oh, I want to leave with this one funny story. We went to Mexico, and they always put jalapenos and carrots on the table. And we were... <laughs> We were eating them like crazy. I was crazy. just about to ask if I was involved in this Mexico oh, yeah. story. I didn't know if it was like a bachelor party <laughs> no. or. Oh, yeah. I know old, old Raul, the cook, man, the best Mexican cook in the world. And uh, we're just smitten by these jalapenos and carrots at every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so we, we say, hey, they're Raul. They're out on the table. Where, where, oh, where did you get yeah. these you know, jalapenos and carrots? You know, they're pickled. And he, oh, he says, my home, my home. Well, shoot. He, you got any more? Like, could we could we buy a couple jars for me before we go back to the states? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I got to go there tomorrow anyway, so I'll I'll grab some. <laughs> We're thinking homemade pickled jalapenos <laughs> and carrots. He rolls into camp and opens the back of his truck, and he's got four one gallon tin can made in Costco. a factory. You know, can go get them in any Rayleigh's, Walmart, Costco, anything in the world. Kansas pickled oh, jalapenos and oh, carrots. They are good. They oh, are my good. God. We were expecting some homemade, yeah, yeah. Some, some homemade grandma stuff. recipe. Yeah. Yeah, right. Nope. But by homie meant they're from Mexico. Yeah. Downtown there at the Rayleigh's. Where was he at? Hermosillo? <laughs> yeah. Down at the Hermosillo Costco. They got yeah. them by the pallet loads down there. <laughs> He it was. It was. It was Caborca. Ah, yeah, Caborca. Yeah. There you go. Caborca. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, me, for helping out with what me and Tom do, and then Clint and Alex just coming to consume, consume everything. So, no, I dehydrated those peaches and stuff. So you're wrong. Well, we never got any, so I don't know about it. So, anywho, yeah, um, must be good. We'll, we'll see, see you next go next round. Week. Thank you, Tom, for joining us this week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your interest. I'm a John Wayne with my daddy's last name. More 50 years too late.